I'm Alan Weiss. <clears throat> this is The Uncomfortable Truth. And uh, I'm wondering today if we are trying to eradicate history. You know, a couple of years ago, Don Imus, who's now in his 70s, uh, does a morning uh, talk radio show on AM radio, uh, made a very inappropriate comment about the Rutgers uh, women's basketball team. Uh, I'm an alumnus of Rutgers. Uh, and he got in big trouble for it. He got fired, uh, had to apologize, and for a couple of months uh, went around and, and tried to do his atonement. And it was eventually rehired. Uh, is back on radio today and uh, is getting high ratings again and, and interviewing uh, well-known people in government and the arts and so forth. And uh, Mel Gibson is back. Uh, he of the uh, anti-Semitic uh, and um, racial comments, the out, outbursts, uh, just came back in a movie for which he got uh, very good reviews. Uh, and so he's made a comeback. Uh, Wagner... Uh, was virulently anti-Semitic, yet his music is played widely and is uh, greatly hailed and revered. Uh, Roman Polanski, who's been a refugee in Europe because he was convicted of pedophilia in the United States, and since then more women have come forward who are underage, Uh, there was a movement until these recent sexual scandals, until the recent harassment um, scab was picked, to bring him back to Hollywood, to forgive him. So now we have Kevin Spacey, and we have Al Franken, and we have Matt Lauer, and not to mention Harvey Weinstein at all. And the question I have, and it's just a question, is, uh, do we eliminate the art with the artist? Do we eliminate one's work and other contributions because of an act or a statement? We probably do, I guess, at some point, but what's the point? For example, Jesse Jackson, an icon of the civil rights movement, years ago, in an open mic that he thought was not open, referred to New York as Town, which is a terrible Jewish slur, uh, and he thought no one was listening, uh, but there it was. Well, he was forgiven. He didn't spend much time apologizing. He apologized a little. He was forgiven. And I'm wondering if removing statues all over the place, Civil War statues, does the same as trying to remove the underlying hatred and bias. Oh, I understand. Symbolism's important. I understand that having to walk by a statue or go to a college where a a dormitory or a classroom is named after a a Southern uh, secession hero or a Confederate war hero, I understand that. But I don't think we should allow ourselves to feel that we try to eradicate history, try to remove those symbols, and change today. You know, the Germans have publicly and very successfully dealt with the Holocaust. They have stringent uh, hate speech laws. Uh, They're much more attentive to this than in the United States. Uh, And they've tried to deal with this horrible aspect of their past, to the extent that a couple of years ago I was at a... uh, business dinner in Germany, and I was sitting next to the wife uh, of one of the uh, men attending the dinner, whom I had known for years and years, and we were talking about this, and and she was sort of apologizing again, and I said to her, stop apologizing. This wasn't you. You know, I never owned slaves. You never participated in the Holocaust. This wasn't you. I appreciate the gesture, but it's really no longer necessary. 
There are people today, and you can't make this up, who want to ban Gone with the Wind because they feel that the movie and the book portrays stereotypical, horrible racial traits. And of course, a lot of art portrays what actually was the case at the time. I'm not sure that banning Gone with the Wind, a piece of fiction, especially in an age and in a society where free speech allows Nazis to hold rallies in cities, neo-Nazis, is really effective at anything except trying to assuage your conscience somehow. We need to know what the worst in us was. We need to know how horribly we've acted in the past. Just as that allows us to realize what the best in us is, and how well we've acted at some times in the past, and how well we're capable of acting in the future. In these days, every woman who comes forward with an accusation has to be taken seriously. I don't think we assume that uh, the woman, or for that matter, the man, is making an accusation uh, simply to get 15 minutes of fame. I think we have to assume every single accusation is meant in honesty and has been deliberately withheld because of vast personal, emotional problems, even fear of retribution, and we have to take them personally. Nonetheless, everyone is innocent until proved guilty. There's a piling on today that takes place that we seem very eager to engage in. And if we lose innocent until proven guilty, we've lost a large part of what our heritage is all about. There was a coach at Rutgers, which I mentioned earlier. His name was Greg Ciano, S-C-H-I-A-N-O. I might be pronouncing it wrong, but he came into Rutgers when Rutgers went into big-time football, and he was the first coach to bring Rutgers into football respectability. Because when Rutgers moved into the major leagues, into the Big Ten and so on, they would easily get clobbered. But he had winning seasons at Rutgers. And they went to five bowl games. They weren't major bowls, but they were bowls. Rutgers would be, say, oh, I don't know, six and five or uh, perhaps seven and four or something like that. And they won these bowl games. And better athletes went to Rutgers and more money came in. And Rutgers maintained its high academic standing. Well, Siano went on to go to the pros where he wasn't successful, I think at Tampa Bay. And he wound up at one point at Penn State. He's at Ohio State today. And Penn State, of course, had the terrible, terrible situation with uh, Sandusky and with um, um, harassment and pedophilia and uh, all kinds of horrible things. Uh, for which um, Joe Paterno was implicated and so forth. But Naziano, his name was mentioned once. Somebody said, I think he might have known, but that was it. And so while at Ohio State, he was courted by the University of Tennessee to become their head coach. And they were in the final throes of this when protest to Tennessee uh, sunk the deal. But there's no proof that Graciano ever knew anything that was going on at Penn State. Just because he was there doesn't mean he knew anything. He was an assistant coach. There's no proof of it at all. Just this one idle statement by one person that says, well, he might have known. But he was found guilty by the crowd. He wasn't innocent until proved guilty. And if you think that's an exception, think of the Duke lacrosse players who were deemed guilty until it turned out the woman who accused them was lying. The district attorney manufactured 
and distorted evidence in order to prove them guilty. He was so positive, wanted to make a name for himself, and he was eventually disbarred. Tawana Brawley claimed rape. She was defended by Al Sharpton in New York, and it turned out she was lying. So we have piling on now, the old football term. So every accusation should be taken seriously, but not every accusation should be assumed to be correct until someone is proved guilty. It's hard to talk about this today. Perhaps some of you are upset that I'm talking about it. But if you think about it, sometimes we want to critique somebody who happens to be African-American, and we start the sentence with, I'm not a racist, but... Well, there's no reason to think you're a racist. You can critique whom you like, as long as it's objective critique. Alyssa Milano, the actress, started a lot of this by coming forward. Yet she never named her accuser. She was interviewed on, I don't know, Good Morning America, the Today Show, but never named her accuser. I don't know why you wouldn't want to set that precedent. Every refusal to press charges condemns some other woman or some other man. Gwyneth Paltrow, who came from a powerful family, her mother was Blythe Danner, never went public at the time about Harvey Weinstein. And two years later, when she accepted an Oscar, she thanked him profusely in tears. She never came forward with her legitimate accusations. And every time you don't come forward, you condemn some future person. Every false accusation and every assumption of guilt condemns us all. These are tough times, but they can be very important times. If we learn that some flaws require atonement and some people can be rehabilitated, and some flaws are past that, we just have to be sure about what's real. And we have to honor those who come forward so they feel comfortable doing so. And others learn to do the same thing. And that is probably a highly uncomfortable truth.